Hey, everybody, and welcome to Kelly and Miranda's podcast, where we sit and talk with therapists about what it means to start, grow, or expand their private practices all around the world. Um, we get to talk with passionate therapists who really care about clients, but that want a viable and beautiful business that sustains them. I'm here today with Bart Hatler, a relationship counselor in San Francisco, California. Hi, Bart. Hi, Miranda. <laughs> I'm so excited that we get to sit down and chat today um, and dig into who you are and what your really unique niche is and um, how you have come to that, come to find that, and how you use that niche to support clients that really need your help. Fun. <laughs> so I always like to start here. Um, tell us, why did you decide to become a therapist initially? Well, uh, I think I was always interested in communication. And I think when I was younger, even I can remember in high school, uh, feeling like emotions were weird, complicated things. Not like I wasn't familiar with them, but they were kind of overwhelming and a little hard to kind of corral and make sense of. And so I think from an early age, I started wanting to understand emotions and probably along with that, the psyche and human experience. And uh, that... Also seeing my parents' relationship growing up, which is probably for many of us humans, uh, seeing my parents' relationship growing up was both hard and disappointing and frustrating, and it also catalyzed a certain resolve to have a different kind of relationship and to figure out how to do relationship differently and better than they did. And so that led me into uh, exploring psychology in undergrad and then eventually in graduate school as well. Mm. I, it's so powerful, right? All of those experiences that we have, um, beautiful and positive and negative and confusing, um, can all be a part in helping us um, move into our path and where we're supposed to be. Right. Awesome. Lemons and lemonade. As <laughs> or just like lemons. Aren't they fascinating? Like, I really like them. Like there's something about them that I'm being drawn to and I'm not sure what to do with them. Yeah. You know, are they better with just some warm water? Are they better with sugar? Like what feels really good um, in our bodies? So it's always kind of interesting and fascinating. Yeah. So um, tell us about when you opened up your private practice and where. I opened my private practice, uh, about six years ago here in San Francisco. Uh, I'm currently in the Cow Hollow nearby uh, the marina area in San Francisco. Uh, I really love this location. I, um, San Francisco is an interesting town. There's a lot going on here uh, tech-wise, and I think that has a really strong influence in some ways on the relationship and dating world, which I have been developing my niche, uh, working with people who are struggling with dating and relationships. 
Are you, are you, are people really struggling with dating and relationships in San Francisco part? <laughs> <laughs> uh, just a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> Probably everywhere. But in some ways, I think San Franciscans tend to think it's particularly challenging here. Mm. And it may, it may be true. It may be true. So um, tell us about that niche. You, you mentioned dating and relationships. What does that mean? What is it like? How do you really like define your niche um, in terms of dating and relationships as a therapist? Yeah, so <clears throat> I think there's a, there are matchmakers who try and help people get together. There are uh, dating coaches that try and help people date better in, in, a, in a way. They try and help people maybe develop confidence or how to assert themselves or how to tweak their profile in a better way or maybe strategize with them how to go out on dates. Uh, and then there's what I call dating therapy, which... Uh, sometimes includes those things, but my focus is usually more around the internal process that um, that people end up getting stuck in areas in their lives, and they probably don't even realize that these blockages or stuck places exist. Uh, there's this flow of love and intimacy and um, vulnerability and connection that happens between two people when a relationship is is working well and Usually at the beginning of a relationship, if that's on track, then the relationship continues to develop uh, in a positive way. Um, but I think a lot of the time people with a certain kind of attachment uh, style, insecure attachment style, tend to struggle at the beginning of relationships or early on in a relationship, and then it tends to not work out well. So I help people identify what's going on there that they're getting stuck uh, at the beginning of relationships or in, uh, especially at the beginning of relationships, but sometimes further into relationship, if it just seems like an, a pattern that's played out and they're kind of groundhog day doing this all over again and frustrated with it. The groundhog day of relationships. That's it. And dating. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Actually, which is interesting that you bring up like that idea. And even in that movie, um, he actually is like motivated by trying to do something different in relationships and something different in terms of connection. Like, like for him, the key to getting to the other side of reliving that day is actually changing the way that he interacts with other people. And that's fascinating, Bart, actually. That's well said. Yeah, I think there are, <clears throat> it's important to maybe as you're saying somewhere in that movie, he kind of had a dawning awareness. Wait a minute, something, something's off here. And I think that that uh, dawning awareness is often what brings people to me. Uh, some kind of question maybe is there something about me that um, not that it's all on the individual. There's a lot of factors at play, social factors, the other person or people that they're meeting and dating. There's a lot at play, but is there potentially something in me or something that I could do to tweak this a little and shift the dynamic and potentially have a different experience as oh. uh, changing, changing the day from the groundhog day to a new fresh uh, experience. Yeah. And so as, uh, as you opened up your private practice and as you moved 
to this niche of dating and relationships, what were some of the obstacles or barriers you had to overcome to really embrace your niche? Hmm. Well, I think uh, there's a stigma with, um, with counseling and therapy to some degree still there's a stigma. And I think some people uh, hesitate, maybe especially men hesitate to think it's acceptable or okay if they come to a counselor or therapist. Mm. But mostly I've experienced that when we actually sit down and start talking, uh, guys tend to feel how refreshing it is to be related to by another guy who gets it and who cares and who's interested in their experience, their emotions, their feelings, their struggles. Mm. Um, And I think um, actually, yeah, another area that I, it's kind of fueled my curiosity about this, this niche, this field of dating therapy is my own personal experience in my own life, struggling with uh, challenges in relationships, struggling with dating and at a certain point going, wait a minute, having my own groundhog day moment and going, wait a minute, how am I contributing to this? And from that experience and through that process, uh, learning and understanding what, was needed to shift my experience around relating and dating and getting into satisfying successful relationships. Mm. And um, I think that you mentioned the stigma in terms of people entering into therapy. Um, Sometimes that stigma in terms of even like looking for help in terms of dating, like, wait a minute, like, I'm a successful, intelligent person. Like, do I really need to like go to somebody to figure out dating? Like, is that really what I need? Um, But also like, do you feel like there was any sort of even like internalized stigma in terms of, you know, moving into something called dating therapy as a therapist, you know, like that's not something that you hear about a lot. And was there any kind of internal obstacles you had to um, overcome in terms of embracing a niche that is uncommon and that you don't see other therapists really like delving into? I think my own curiosity and interest uh, in this area uh, fueled me past um, most obstacles or, or uh, potential stigmas, but it, it is an uncommon uh, term or uh, kind of niche dating therapy. You don't hear that very much. So I think there's been a little bit of extra uh, behind the scenes work that I've been doing or have had to do to describe it or to explain it or to help people understand the validity or relevance of it. I think dating coaching is much more established, um, understood, field. Uh, it's fairly common for, to, to read blogs and articles from dating coaches. Mm-hmm. Uh, it feels a little more technique or strategic. And I think that there's a lot of value in that. Um, I do offer some of that, but uh, I'm really interested in the deeper process of what's really going on in someone's life. Um, partly because of my training as a therapist, uh, but then just because of who I am, I'm really curious about 
the nitty gritty of a person's life and where they get stuck. And uh, so helping people understand the value of slowing down and taking time to explore their own internal experience and how that may really directly relate to their external experience in relationships has been um, part of my passion and part of maybe the challenge of helping people understand what dating therapy is. Mm -hmm. And um, how has it impacted your business to really embrace your niche? Hmm. Um, that's a good question. How has it impacted my business? Um, I think it's inspired me. Uh, I, every time I talk with colleagues, uh, about what I'm doing, I get kind of raised eyebrows and curiosity and kind of a, oh yeah, that's really needed. As we were talking about at the beginning of our conversation, especially here in okay. San Francisco. Um, it's really needed. There are a lot of people that are struggling and it's kind of like, oh, that totally makes sense. Surprised somebody else hasn't done that before. Uh, not with those explicit words, not that I'm some genius, but I think uh, potentially out of my own experience and out of my own perspective of what's happening in this crazy new, brave new dating world, uh, I think uh, I've gotten positive responses from people uh, about kind of developing, creating this, this particular area of work. Yeah, I mean, and I think too, like um, as someone who's gotten to kind of watch you go through this process, um, you know, you've been published on Psych Central and they put your information on the homepage and all these things that I think if you were doing something that was more general, um, where you were kind of trying to meet everybody, um, it would be a lot harder to, to stand out and to be remembered um, mm -hmm. in a city like San Francisco that is, it, it's a really like, what is it, like an eight-mile square, right, you know, so little right. island. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, there's hundreds and hundreds of therapists um, in that area. And so I think sometimes it can be really scary to develop a narrow niche um, in such a small area. And at the same time, it's exactly what's needed to really, you know, carve out your space um, in a city like San Francisco that does attract brilliant people, <laughs> you know? Um, right. yeah. yeah. And to let your brilliance, right, kind of shine. Um, and I love that. We're like, I'm no genius. And yet, right, like, this is, this is yours. This is uniquely um, yours. And I, I know all the stuff that's gone um, into the back end of you having a lot of clarity about what you're doing and, and how this is different and how this is um, meeting that need more explicitly um, versus, oh, therapy will filter out into your relationships and filter out into the way that you mm. interact with the world. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And people coming in for, you know, anxiety or depression symptoms <clears throat> And them saying, oh, I'm just really depressed because of dating. Okay, well, let's work on your depression. Um, and you kind of maybe working from another place of like, yeah, you know, unsuccessful dating is incredibly depressing. Let's get to the bottom of like what it means to figure out how to do satisfying relationships um, and come at it from this other, in some ways, like 
really client centered approach as opposed to symptom centered in a sense, you know, Um, I think sometimes we inadvertently get very symptom centered, you know, and don't get to the root of what is the dynamic that's kind of leading down to this grouping of symptoms. Um, And, you know, we give people skills related to this, but we don't always get down to the core of what are the skills that are connected to the original dynamic that then filters down into what looks like major depression or what looks like an anxiety disorder or what looks like, you know, fill in the blank. Right. Yeah. And well, it it makes me, what you're saying makes me think a little bit of a conversation I had with a colleague uh, years ago. And uh, I think, I think therapy can be really good at deep exploration and kind of, we, what we call personality level change. Um, and it can miss uh, sometimes, maybe a lot of the time, depending on the practitioner, depending on the therapist and their orientation and the client's person's needs and, and goals. Uh, it can miss some of the practical real world application of how do I take all of that exploration and turn it into something particular, some specific change that I can see and really appreciate in my life. And I think that's an area that I've been interested in uh, an area or um, it's a part of the way I want to work. I've uh, been wanting to work that way as well. Exploring, making sense, doing deep work that's healing and transformational and then translating that into the, into the real world. Uh, How does that change my relationships at home, my relationships at work? How does that change my dating life and my relationships with new partners or new potential partners. And that's, I think, part of why I get excited about this niche because it feels to me in a lot of ways like a, a blend of deep interior work that mm-hmm. is, I think, it, I think it helps us to access the good and the potential for joy and happiness in our own lives, in, our, in and of ourselves, but then to also translate that into real change uh, in the outer world, in our, in our tangible day-to-day lives. I love that. So juicy part. That's so good. Um, what is a piece of advice that you give to a therapist that has a unique niche or perspective that they want to integrate into their, um, into their private practice that they have something they want to do that like you is kind of, on that cusp of cutting edge and that like is not something that they're seeing out in the world. What advice would you have for them? Hmm. Um, Well, for me, uh, there was a fair amount of research, um, but a real personal application of my own experience. Uh, I think that maybe some of the, the most meaningful contributions that therapists offer to the field and to their communities and to their clients uh, come out of personal experience, come out of their own questions and curiosities or their own struggles and challenges and, and uh, successes. Uh, so I think my advice, and it depends on the person's experience, but I think that my advice would be, is there something you're passionate about? Is there something that you've learned through your own personal process? And does that dovetail with the niche that you're uh, wanting to develop or wanting to work in? Um, because I think that personal 
experience communicates so much to to someone who's struggling and to someone who's who you're helping. Um, so there's this personal process element to it. There's the the fact that you've been through it and you know something about it personally. You're not just telling somebody, uh, you know, you're not quite lab code. I'm telling you what to do, although I've never done it before. There's this very personal uh, relatability in it. I think that can be inspiring and, and can offer profound change. I think of Brene Brown uh, and her work. Uh, I think her research mm-hmm. informed her personal life and then it created this transformational process in her that she was then able to speak about. Uh, and she's got millions of views, I think because of her own personal connection to the work that she's doing. And it feels for me, uh, my own personal connection. I, I think that would be one of the main uh, pieces of advice or in, uh, inspiration that I would offer that if there's something that you know personally uh, and you can share from that place, I think people respond to it because there's a human quality, a human element that is so tangible and relatable. I think that is inspiring. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that, um, that feedback loop of the research and like with Brene, her own personal experience. And then she took that then to further the research that then furthered her personal experience. And it was this like, you know, this wonderful feedback loop um, as part of that whole process, um, which is really powerful. And that just that willingness to look and explore and, um, and be wrong. Um, and like, I think when you are uh, like looking at the material and, and bringing it in and, and constantly like looking to say, well, how's this impacting me? And well, how's that impacting this person? And how our experience is the same and how our experience is different. Um, mm-hmm. It gives so much room for things to kind of morph and shift and, and develop into exactly what's needed to like really um, make deep change, you know, in the, for the individual and then for the, the community and the world in there. Yeah. And there's this, there's the, the vulnerability element that uh, I think when a therapist is able to be uh, vulnerable in their own professional way with a client, they're able to drop into their own humanness. Uh, I think that inspires the vulnerability. I think it's required in part uh, for successful change in a person's life. I think especially in the dating world, uh, I think there's a lot of amazingness out there that we're, we feel like we should live up to uh, or we want others to live up to. And there's a lot of social pressure to be more than just a real human being with uh, great qualities and some issues and flaws. Uh, and I think the, the ability to be kind of vulnerable and real and be accepted in that place is powerful. I think that as therapists, when we're able to embody a certain amount of that in our own work, uh, it can be particularly helpful for, for others. Awesome. And um, what about uh, people that are looking at, or actually let me ask this question. What is one piece of advice for therapists that do have clients that are in the, the dating, the dating world or the dating arena and they're struggling. Is there like 
one thing that you, when you talk with therapists, you feel like they kind of consistently, uh, maybe I won't say miss, but miss, <laughs> you know, like, is there one thing that, that therapists do pretty consistently that you might give them like a little, like, you know, maybe if you were to kind of go in this direction or here's a, a piece of advice so that you could be more impactful um, with your clients who are out in the dating world. Um, you know, when you say therapists, I tend to think a little bit more as well of uh, dating coaches who have a little bit different perspective. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I think my advice might apply slightly more to that uh, community mm. that there's a real point of leverage that uh, clients can gain in being curious about their, their part or their dynamic that plays out with another person. So I think, I, as I said, I think before I get inspired by being curious about the internal world. I think there's also, uh, there's also something that gets overlooked to a certain extent in, in the therapeutic community with therapists and counselors. I think chain, doing deep work and identifying the, the blocks, the blockages, the dating dams, as uh, I've called it in my work, these places that block the flow of love and connection. Um, that part's important, but there's also a really important part of creating a vision and embodying that vision and moving towards the thing that we do want, not just dealing with what's been happening and what we don't want, but to really create a place inside of ourselves that can start to live into the thing that we do want. I think that's powerful. I think that that's not talked about enough uh, in, in counseling and in therapy. Uh, but I think that there's research that indicates those kinds of processes do create change in our lives. Mm, that's awesome. And for therapists that are looking to learn more about dating therapy, do you provide consultation for them yeah. um, in terms of individual casing yeah. or? Yeah. Yeah. I am happy to do consultation. I'm happy to do consultation with, uh, with other therapists. I have a model that I've developed that I work with uh, that um, I'm happy to share and give feedback around uh, other therapists work with clients. Wonderful. So uh, feel free to check out Bart Hattler um, at barthattler.com. That's B-A-R-T-H-A-T-L-E-R.com. Again, he is a um, relationship therapist and dating therapist in San Francisco, California. Uh, reach out, uh, refer um, clients over or friends over that are looking for support um, regarding dating. Do you just work with um, uh, dating therapy there locally in San Francisco or do you work with clients around California if they want to do um, video sessions? Uh, primarily here in San Francisco, but I have done some video sessions. I'm open to it uh, on a case-by-case -case basis. Yeah. Okay. Wonderful. Um, anything else that we missed, Bart, that you want to share with the community or any um, last pieces of advice? There's so much I could share. <laughs> but, uh, this is a pretty good summation. This is a pretty good summary. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, thank you guys all today. I hope that you're inspired to really look at your own life and your own passion and start um, embracing that and understanding how that could really be a part of you finding the niche that is not just 
going to um, be great for your business or attracting clients, but finding the niche that's really going to make a deep impact um, with your clients and with the world. So again, thanks so much, Bart, for um, coming on today's podcast. Um, and for those of you listening, check out barthotler.com. And remember, we have lots of free resources for you at zinnime.com forward slash free, over 10 hours of free training, always upcoming fun webinars and resources for you to help you build, expand, or um, just take your private practice to the next level. Bye, everybody.